Hey, 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 what up? Everybody, welcome. I'm so freaking excited for today's episode. I have longtime friends, somebody I've known for a lot of years, dude. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Today's the Day with Zach Anderson. What up, what up, what up? Um, welcome to Today's the Day. I am so freaking excited for today's episode. All right, what's up, everybody? Um, welcome to Today's the Day. Much love to everybody. Today's the day. Like what? Literally? Dude, it's been... How old am when I? When did we meet? I don't know. When I was like eight? Yeah, seriously. Literally when I was that's eight? When, didn't we play on the team? Yeah, we did. Yeah, that's we hilarious. did. You, I have a, I'm going to touch on that in a okay. little bit. But okay. r- rolling this, we have Paxton Schultz this morning. I'm extremely excited again. Really, really inspiring person, honestly, because I've gotten to see him go all the way from, again, since we were six years old till now. But a little, little background on Paxton. He grew up in Orem. Three older brothers, one little sister, right? Mm-hmm. You started playing t-ball when you were six years old. Oh, yeah. And then you, you all the way through high school, you played baseball. You were a pitcher through high school, played through the City League, and then played three years at UVU. Yep. Then you were originally drafted to the Milwaukee Brewers, right? And yep. then traded to Our the college. Toronto Blue Jays, yes. right? Yep. That's who I'm with now. Amazing. And you're with Toronto Blue Jays, absolutely dominating, crushing it. So I'm really excited to dive into it. But yeah, on that story, we played together. And we were in practice, and dude, you were throwing heat like scary, scary fast for how old we were. We were probably 12 at this time. Yeah, I, yeah it had to have been 12 years old. We were probably 12 years old, and you clipped my back knee, the inside of my <laughs> back knee. And I remember, oh, I remember it so well because my grandpa was there. And he's like, he's like, oh, just wait, it'll bruise really cool. I'm like, what are you talking about? Because I was like crying. I'm like, what are you talking about? And it bruised with the seam of the baseball on my knee, on the oh, inside gosh. of my knee. I never, and I never, never wanted to hit, never wanted to hit while you're pitching again. But yeah, that was way back when. Yeah, so. that was Little League Baseball, yeah, or Youth League, whatever they have, I City love League it. Ball. I love it, dude. I'm stoked to break it down, though. So rewinding a little bit, give me like the, the background on it, because I know your dad's always been a massive supporter. Mm-hmm. I've, I always yeah. saw him at all the games. So oh, yeah. fill me in early, early. Yeah, I mean, whatever sport I was playing, my dad was there supporting me. You know, it's I started with basketball, baseball, football, played all three of those. And he was there wherever it be a practice, us practicing together alone in the backyard, whatever. He was there with me. And I can't I can't go without mentioning to anyone, like, I wouldn't be here without his help. Like, he really sure. pushed me and, and helped me become better. But it was really probably ninth grade, I'd say, is when I, when I stopped playing basketball and football. I was definitely the best at baseball. And I was like, all right, my goal now is to really get a college scholarship. I want to. At what age are you saying this? Uh, ninth grade, so probably. That is so crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, How old are we? Thirteen. Yeah, know. that is so and nutty. So I'm like, this is what I want to do. You know, it's like I, I, I'm, I'm, my, you know, my dad's like, you're pretty talented at this, and if you can go through school and get that paid for, man, like that's that's huge. And so from there, I just made it a goal, and that's kind of really where the work started. And it was it was it was great to get going with that. So that's unreal in and of itself. You're 13 years old thinking about getting a scholarship to college. When I was 13 years I don't even know what I was thinking when I was 13 years old, just hoping I was having my favorite dinner for dinner, probably, honestly. Yeah. Do you, so, and you mentioned a little bit, your dad was like, hey, that'd be really cool if you get school paid for. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like he literally shaped that? Like, hey, from a really early age, like this could yeah. be big time. This could be legit. Like, No, yeah. And I really appreciate the way he did it. I never felt like pressured or like, 
you know how you see those parents like the man they're living their dream through their kid like my dad was like Mm -hmm. you it's up to you how good you become this is such a game of repetition and putting the time in Mm -hmm. it's gonna be up to you to do it and he's like i'll be there every step of the way for you and that's how that's how we did it man i we we built a batting cage in our backyard me and him and i mean i spent hours hitting off the tee playing catch with him in there and that's just it's like he believed in me and that's and that's where i kind of gained the confidence and believed in myself dude that is that's so freaking cool so up through little league then you got Mm -hmm. into high school ball right yeah walk me through high school into into uvu yeah and starting off i i started playing on more competitive teams uh probably my freshman sophomore year there's mountain west baseball academy here in utah and that's really where um, i got a lot of exposure we'd go to arizona Mm. you know colorado different states freshman sophomore year high school yeah high, high school. school and so cool, that's cool, when cool. i started really getting exposure and one of the biggest things it was my end of my freshman summer i was about to go into sophomore year and so uh we went to the stanford baseball camp and man they have so many coaches from every school man i, I swear so many coaches that are watching these camps and played well and that's when i started getting recruiting letters you know and that's when it's like wow i i can make this happen i'm getting attention yeah. getting love from these schools and it was cool to see that it's like man I'm, I'm wanted you know you don't at the time baseball in utah wasn't isn't crazy big still growing to this day but it's like man it's it's cool to be getting this attention from especially schools outside of the state from there i kept playing on these competitive teams went to my junior year and that's when i started taking visits i went to utah utah valley and you know one thing obviously i i i had byu in mind but i never really got much love from them no no real attention yeah i was like whatever and and it was great i i knew the coaches well at byu uh, i'm sorry uvu mm-hmm. where i went and that's one of the biggest decisions it came down between them uvu and utah and that's where because you played ball with his son yes coach's son. yeah mick matson played cool. with him played on the same travel ball so we were always going he knew me well and utah they they were interested it was awesome to go to a pac-12 school see their facilities man mm-hmm. they had fueling station meal cards like it was awesome and but they kind of just kept giving me the runaround i was like we want to see you throw one more time one more time one more time and i was like you know what I'm I'm feeling Utah Valley. I can get my school paid for. I can be making money per month there. Mm-hmm. And it was just it made a lot of sense for me. I had a starting role pretty much right from the beginning. I got playing time and that was that was huge to me. And from there it's that's where I started my college career at Utah Valley. I love it. So from high school into Utah Valley, you played three years at Utah mm-hmm. Valley, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You speak super highly of it. You enjoyed the experience, the staff, the coaching. Yeah. And then from there drafted to the Milwaukee Brewers. Yep, yeah, Milwaukee Brewers. Mm-hmm. And so that's a that's a really cool process, right? I you have to, so if you if you do decide to go to college, you have three years of you have to play there, and after your third year or after your twenty one, you're draft eligible. So I had a pretty good idea. Um, after my after they can start talking to you during your junior year. So I'm mm-hmm. I probably had every MLB team. You have to fill out a questionnaire. There's a there's a there's a portal, and like obviously every team has different things they take into account for the draft and Mm. i mean because it's you know it's a big investment for them to take these guys give them money out of college or even high school so they really put time into like what they're what they're investing into so i filled out a ton of questionnaires i talked with a lot of scouts and it was funny because the milwaukee brewers they weren't even like a team i talked highly to or i talked to often and Mm -hmm. i didn't think coming into draft day i talked to other scouts and how it broke down everyone was okay we see you going from round six to ten that's kind of the range we think so so on draft day just hanging out at home not not expecting too much and the first day goes by is only the first three rounds and so i'm like okay next day let's go get into this and so i'm like i think i'm gonna get drafted starts getting towards the end and it's like 
uh, you know, I haven't got the call yet. I don't think it's happening. I see a lot of college seniors. So what they do, like the last two rounds of the draft, uh, yeah. the first day, they start taking college seniors because they save a lot of money. It's like you yep. can either come play for us for a plane ticket and a couple thousand bucks or you're not playing. There's yeah. no leverage for those seniors. So yep. next day, I get right after the draft. How is that anticipation? Yeah, it's for real. Awesome. Like you're yeah. saying that, and I'm like, yeah. oh gosh, I would be sick to my stomach. It is, and it's like, because you have you have these thoughts in your mind. It's like, man, you see, the the bonus value for these these rounds are you know starts probably where I was thinking, okay, I could get two hundred fifty thousand dollars out of college. This is unreal. I'm a broke college student, and these rounds start ticking by, going down, down. You're like, oh crap. And as that goes down, the the, the bo- bonus the bonus gets yeah smaller and smaller. I'm like, Got man. I'm, and then so I'm like, <laughs> it's getting towards the end of day two of the draft towards the 10th round I'm like I'm not gonna get picked today you know it's not gonna happen yeah so I'm I'm fine whatever and right when the draft ended that day I start getting calls tons of calls from different teams I had the Marlins the Cubs all these teams are calling me I'm like oh my gosh they're interested they're keep they're saying pretty much the the slot value after the 10th round is 125,000 they're like will you take that yeah and at the time I didn't have an agent I didn't really like think I really needed one. It's like I I I I talked to teams well. I didn't I didn't I like overvalue myself. I didn't undervalue myself. I pretty much told them, "Hey, I want to be treated fair for where I go in the draft." So they're calling me saying, "Hey, will you take that slot value of the 125?" I'm saying, "Yes, yes." I just told yes to every team. And like I said, the Brewers weren't one of them. So yeah. I was not thinking. I was like, "Oh, am I going the Marlins? The Cubs are really hit the Tampa Bay Rays. I had all these teams calling me, these scouts calling yeah. me." So I'm like, okay, like, yeah, the next day, let's let's get it done. So I was actually scheduled to help at a like a little kids camp at Utah Valley UVU. We were doing a kids camp down there, and I'm going through. I'm kind of looking at the draft tracker as the round starts. This is the second day, eleventh, twelfth, you know, so forth. And I'm just sitting there, and and usually what will happen? A scout will call you and be like, hey, our pick is coming up. We really want you. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna really, we're gonna take you here. Are you okay with this slot value, this money? So I didn't receive a call, and all of a sudden, it was my fiance that I'm Kenzie, my wife now, and she she texted me like, "Oh my gosh, babe, let's go! Come on, the Brewers!" I'm like, "What? I'm like, what's <laughs> going on?" So I, I load up the draft tracker. I get where I'm at, and I see my name, 14th round in Milwaukee Brewers, and I was picked right there. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I I didn't even get a call. I didn't. <laughs> anything and so i actually knew the scout i talked to him one time briefly he's from utah utah guy and so he had heavy pull and i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And what, uh, like he wanted from the Utah guys. So I texted him and said, hey, I just saw that. That's awesome. And he kind of, kind of stood uh, like stood up for me there and, and, and kind of put his neck out on the line because he's like hey I got you the 125 I got the rest of your school paid for like I got you set up drafts moving fast I'll give you a call after I was like oh my god so sick crazy so right then when Kenzie texted you and was like congratulations like what was that like I was like oh my gosh it was just like relief because it's like I got to be expecting the day before and it didn't happen big relief for me and then Mm -hmm. I was like man that this is what I've worked for yeah. At, in college, you know, I was working so hard through high school to get a college scholarship. Yep. But when I started having that success in college is really when I was like, I want to play pro. I want to do this. This is something I love. And if I can make money doing something I love, and then that's it, man. That's so sick. So then you played with Milwaukee for two years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so two I started years. off, and, and that happens fast. Right when I was drafted, probably within the next couple of days, they flew me out to uh, where so I was nutty. going. And so at the time, you know, I, I'll, I'll break down. There's The rookie ball team was in Colorado Springs, and that league played in the well, it was Pioneer League. So I, I came home to Utah a few times because the Orem Owls at the time were in that league, mm-hmm. the Ogden Raptors. So it was awesome to be able to. Uh, come home during that short season. I just got engaged a couple days before the draft. I get drafted. I get sent out just to mayhem. play. So <laughs> things were just lining up. You know, we kind of had to plan around that timetable. So it, it worked out. But to be able to come home, you know, it was it was awesome for Ken's because we got to shoot engagements and get things ready for the wedding towards the end of the season when I was home. And and, and it was it was really great. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. And then you were traded, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, okay, so tell me about that. A little. It was uh, played rookie ball with the Brewers. Went through the COVID stuff, lost a season due to that. And then um, for the winter, I actually went and played in Australia. Still with the Brewers. They had a connection with the Brisbane Bandits, a team out there. Mm-hmm. So every year the Brewers will send players out to play in the Australian Baseball League. Okay. I play that, come back home, and I'm preparing for spring training. And like I said, I I wasn't really thinking about being traded. I wasn't thinking I'm a, a player to be on the radar. But I go through spring training, throw really well, and uh, – I'm getting ready to play for the high A team for the Brewers. I land in in, uh, in Milwaukee where I'm, I'm going to be playing their their affiliate for the year. So I'm thinking right when I land, I'm not kidding, right when I get off the plane, our farm director, the guy in charge of you know all of minor league players, is giving me a call. So I'm thinking, man, is someone in the double A team hurt? Do they need help up there? What's going on? Pretty much that that was the call I got that I was trading. He said, hey, thank you for all your work. You've been a professional for us, and we really appreciate uh, your, your work ethic with the Brewers. But uh, you, you've been traded, and some of the Blue Jays will be in contact with you, so thanks. <laughs> and you're like, what in the world? It was crazy, yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like I've seen guys get traded. Usually it's top prospects or other things. And like I, I didn't think I was even in the discussion, but yeah. it was, and I was traded. And from there, I went to the team hotel I was at for the night, and and the Blue Jays got in contact with me and had me a flight to Florida for the, at, to their spring training facility the next morning. That is so crazy. So this is fun, dude. This is so sick. Because I, obviously I watch you. I follow you on social media. And I'm like, I, I stay in, in mm-hmm. touch. Yeah. It's so sick to hear the story. <laughs> like that is just absolute mayhem. through. That's the coolest story ever. I love that. So kind of pivoting a little bit. So again, 
that's why we have you here. I'm, I'm so stoked to kind of dive into a couple of the questions that I have for you and then kind of see where it takes us. But something I like to ask every single person we bring on here, it's my favorite question to ask anybody. It's like it gets real really quick and it's super powerful for people listening, including myself, because it goes and shows like we just heard about all the all the mm-hmm. accolades, like everything that went your way worked out great. Now you are where you are. You're obviously a massive success in a lot of people's eyes. Like you're doing what a lot of people wish they could do, so on and so forth. But along the way, there's obviously valleys. There's obviously those mm-hmm. ruts. There's those basically the, yeah, the, the, the hard points in, yeah. in the story, right? Which a lot of people skip over because no one likes to go remember them or refill them. So my question for you, like what is in your story when I say like what pops in your head, like the lowest of lows for you, like mm-hmm. give up low of lows. Like it can be baseball related, not baseball related. Like, yeah, what's no. that for you? What's your deepest valley? If you, if, if you don't mind sharing. I'll just share a few just kind of hard points that like I felt were, you know, turning points in, in my career. I mean, starting in high school, man, when I, I there was a new coach at Orem. I was it was probably my freshman year. And when I really started, you know, that goal of wanting, you know, to keep going, pursuing a college, college scholarship dream. And uh, I had a coach, man, he was just the biggest a-hole, man. He was the worst <laughs> JV coach. I just felt like I wasn't getting opportunities. He was always just kind of. I understand when a coach is pushing you and making you better, but this guy was taking it too far. And, you know, my parents could see that. And I remember my dad pulling me aside one day and being like, look, you can either crumble under this and quit now and, and just feel like, oh, you're being the victim and picked on, or you can show this guy. You can you can shove it to him. And, and, and that's, that's kind of the mindset I learned early on. It's like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Whatever yeah. you doubt of me, I'm going to prove you wrong, and I'm going to do it. So, I mean, every time he would do something to me, i just keep pushing, keep pushing, and get through. Glad thing, like, next year, new coaching staff, he's gone. and it, But, I mean, that really I mean, stuck with me. Dude, that's so gold. Like, that that chip on your shoulder. Yeah. I've, I've talked to quite a few people on here, and, like, seriously, it's a very, very common trend for people. Um, whether you start really good in something or you start terrible. Like, in my field, yeah. I was literally the worst of the worst when I started, and I've gotten pretty pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And a big reason for that is that chip on your shoulder, like, I'm going to prove you wrong. And you, like, think about it consistently. Like, when you don't want to go and you don't want to wake up or you don't want to go and do the extra thing, you're like, screw that guy. I'm going to do it. It's crazy how that's more powerful than, like, someone, like, believe, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, someone like, oh, you got this, like, cheering you on. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't want to wake up. Yeah. What if it's someone like doubting you? It's a very weirdly powerful. I wonder why that is. So that was that was a low in high school. That was you weren't low, and then I mean I got through that, and that just stuck with me. Whatever it be, and I mean minor league baseball, it's a grind. There's so many times where I'm like, man, I, what am I doing? I'm away from my wife. I'm away from home. I'm not making very good money right now. I see all my friends. They're out selling, doing well, making careers for themselves. You know, buying houses. And it's like. And am I doing the right thing right now? Obviously, there's huge potential if I make it. But yeah. there's so many times, especially if you're not playing well, it just kind of compacts. And that's kind of what I ran into the start of this season. You know, it's first time at Double A. I wasn't throwing my best, and it just felt like nothing was clicking for me. And I was like, man, am I, I kind of those doubts started creeping. Like, am I am I doing this? Do I be here? Do I belong? I was telling my wife, and you know, there's times when she complains, like, oh, you're away from me, away from home. And I was kind of relaying these frustrations to her and she was like stop it stop it right now he's like this is your dream you get one chance at this you can do these other things work another occupation anytime in your life yeah you get one chance to do this this is your time to do it i support you fully everyone back home supports you fully and is behind you and that was like my wake up i had a tough first stretch of the season and from there man i turned it on i I killed the second half and and i finished my year strong which you know the organization looks into 
pretty heavily and and it just turned for me from there i love that so it, it, as you're kind of telling like that's so gold like a good support system <laughs> so key and like it you're is. so uh, you realize it but you're so freaking lucky with that so all these hardships you're running into these potential downward spirals like your dad hey it can either crush you or you can use this as like your like your story because mm-hmm. your success at the end of the day it's cool but like the stories are what's fun about it the story like hearing this is what's fun about you going and and, and playing at the level you're playing at, and, and I'm enjoying it a lot. So it's like you can either go and let this destroy you, crumble, or you can go and prove them wrong. Yeah. And then same thing with her. She didn't even give you the option. Yeah. No. Your wife was just like, man up, nut up, like, like do it. Yeah, yeah, do it, exactly. which is exactly and, what you needed. And th- and that's just part of the story for me where it's like I was drafted in the 14th round. Yeah, it's, it's still pretty high relative to when I was drafted 40-round draft. I was, I was up there, but, man, they teams put a lot of uh, – I guess expectation and their time focused into those higher draft picks, first round guys, you know, oh, yeah. they're getting the attention. So that's just another driver for me. It's like, you know, probably a whole lot of people don't think I should even be here. Probably not thinking that I will make it and, and do it, but that's just, I'm going to show you. That's the attitude. Like I'm going to do it. And I'm going to be one of those, those stories that make it. No, it's, and dude, that's why it's so inspiring. That's why it's so fun to talk about. Something I'm noticing too is like, and I noticed this going to school with you and everything, like your discipline at such a young age was so remarkable. Like if you applied your discipline to anything, you would dominate, right? Yeah. And I think it's a super key, like your focus and your discipline on on whatever your goal is in front of you is unreal. Where do you feel like you cultivated that? Or like, where do you feel like that switch was flipped? Like, okay, this is the key. Like this is, because you weren't out dicking around like you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, yeah, I mean... I don't even I I don't know if I can even pinpoint that. I just felt like it's something I've I've always you know some, if I want something I'm gonna do it I'm gonna get it done and and I I just applied that to I took school serious I took uh, sports everything I did I was I was taking serious I got good grades in high school and I feel like it just it just kind of followed and I I'm sure that's just something I learned from my parents and and especially from my dad on the sport uh, side of things where it's like take this serious because yeah there's times when I saw my buddies out. They're they're hanging out doing stuff, but man, I'm out there hitting, hitting. I remember there was one time there was a football game at Orem High, the baseball fields right behind the football field and I'm out hitting the cage and I can see all the people just rolling into the football game and me and my dad are working. He's like, come on, you'll be able to have time to do this and then go. Yeah. I'm like, God, I could already be there getting a front row spot at the game, you know? And he's like, like, it's going to be there. It's going to be there. Right. And then just like having that mindset and understanding like, my dad would always call it tunnel vision. He he uses sometimes my older brothers where it's like mm-hmm. they had this little tunnel vision in front of them where it was like the only thing they could see was what was happening right in front of them, mm-hmm. where the party was at, what friends are doing, what's going on, right? And so for me, it's like you got to look at the big picture. And it's like at that time, get a college scholarship. That's what you got to be doing. That's what that that's what your goal is. And obviously, he's like, I'll support you with that. And that's just helped me understand like, and there's so much that could happen if you just put in a little work now. And that's that was it for me. See, that's so sick. So again, dude, your dad, I mean, your dad just sounds like he just the way he had you look at things was mm-hmm. so unique and so cool. And the fact and not only that, you can't give all the credit to your dad because, yes, your dad did that. I think a lot of parents do that, though, and a lot yeah, of kids are just yeah. belligerent. And like, again, like mm-hmm. they're very nearsighted. They don't really look big picture or anything like that. Exactly. Right. And so you've mentioned this and there's a few points it sounds like. But at what point were you like? 
And maybe you have to recommit too. Now that I'm thinking about it, at what point were you like all the way in on baseball? Because at 13 mm-hmm. or whatever, you're like, I'm yeah. going to get a college scholarship. Then you got into college, like, I'm going to go, like, I could go play pro. It sounds like that's a pretty common like reoccurrence. Is that something where you're recommitting consistently? Yeah, I think it has to be right. Because if you lose, I wouldn't say lose focus, but like make like the picture too far at the end. It's like, all right, I want to I want to be established big leaguer. It's like. And there's so many steps along the way that I have to make and hit. It's like those goals every year you make, you got to just kind of break it down like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of re reset the mind and reset the focus every year at whatever level we're at, whatever we're doing. It's it's you got to hit those checkpoints because it's like if I don't, I'm going to get burned out. There's so many times it's like, oh, do you still love it? Do you still love it? And at the end, like people ask me from high school to now, it's like, I love it. I got to love it, man. I'm, yeah. I'm spending 140 game season now and I, I play in probably 20 of them as a starting pitcher. Now it's like, I got to love it. I'm around it all day. You got to have a love for it to be sticking around. hundred percent. But honestly, and I'm curious what you think on this. Do you feel like loving it is like a choice? Like you could very easily, if you looked at it differently, if you're like, mm-hmm. holy shit, I have to be away from my wife, my family. Yeah. Like I have to do this and that. I'm up at six a.m. I'm yeah. like I'm busting. Like you could genuinely find a just as long of a list of why's you hate it as you yeah. could that you love it, right? Exactly. And that's I think that's the separator for especially at my level, the minor league level. That's the separator, guys. I feel like you're right. Guys dread coming in every day. It's mm-hmm. like oh, they treat it like it's a job, not this unique opportunity we have. Yep. And that mindset separator is what ultimately will allow guys to move up levels to make it to the big leagues. And it's like so many times. And and it's just like complaining is, is a thing in minor league baseball. Guys will constantly complain, whatever it is, complain about the food, the locker room, whatever. It's just like those guys, they, they weed themselves out and it's Mm -hmm. like, all right, I'm here. Look at those positives. Look at what we're trying to get to and work up towards that. And instead of focusing on the negative things, man, so many times, we had a meal that probably wasn't wasn't the best, but it's like, man, you're getting a free meal. We're at the field. Just use this as fuel for the game. Like, look at it those ways, and that's just the whole mindset goes such a long way for us. So how important would you say that is? How important would you say, because, again, in my industry, it, it, that's like the key, right? Like, oh, yeah. And I think that's the key in everything, but in, yeah. in what would you say, like – how important is it to go and make sure you are not only positive, but avoid negativity at all costs? Like it's mm-hmm. like a poison. It is. Cause opinion. like I said, it is such a grind, man. We're starting in January and we go till October playing baseball. You're doing the same thing away from home, day, away from home. Yep. And that, that mindset is definitely the key where it's like, you can focus on the negatives because man, there's a lot of negatives going on around you for sure. Things happening. It's not the ideal situation. Everyone thinks about the big leagues and obviously you're not going to complain there because man, that life is a luxury. It's still a grind. It's hard. Those same people that are complaining though, mm -hmm. will complain in the big leagues if they make it. Exactly. And it's like, I I had really good advice. You should kind of just take a step back. And just take everything in, in the moment, in the hard moments, in the good moments, take it in. I mean, I remember hearing, I think my mom was telling me like, really just take in the good moments. And yeah. I was, before my, one of my starts, I was just standing on, on, you know, the backside of the mound, just looking around the stadium. Like, yeah, I'm doing this, man. That's A so lot of sick. kids, you know, how many high school teammates, some of my best friends, like I talk to now, like, man, I wish we, we took it serious in high school. I wish we would have done this. I'm yep. like, we tried to tell you, we, we tried to like have you on board and, and, but like I said, that n- that narrow tunnel vision gets in the way of a lot of people. Yep, absolutely. So 
Dude, that's so cool. And it's so parallel just to life in general. I think I think that's like the most important thing to get out of that. Like you're like at your level, it's super important. In my industry, it's, super, mm-hmm. it's like, no, 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 just in life in general. No one wants to be around someone who's just an energy sucker yeah. or who's oh, negative. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is most people in most situations, I think in every situation you can find something about it that you would be like, wow, like if I, if 10 year ago me could see where I'm at right now, I'd be stoked. Yeah. right and oh, like yeah. a lot of people lose that and i think it's compare i think there's a lot of things that go into that comparison so on and so forth right so question for you because kind of with what i see it's 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 unique where do you feel like people go and lose that sense of gratitude for being where they're at because the specifically in your industry you're surrounded by people who are in theory like living their dream oh yeah right like yeah. like more than the average like they're like actually doing it and they're still finding reasons to go and be like negative or pull the negative out of it. Where do you see that? Like, is it just a lack of attention or what do you think it is? I would probably say the biggest thing is like entitlement. Like they're mm. owed something, right? Mm. Sometimes I see whether it be uh, their background at home or, you know, they signed out of high school and got a couple million dollars right out of high school out of the draft. And they're they're kind of better than the situation it is. But it's like, look at everyone in front of you. They've gone through the same path, whether it be, you know, any big leaguer who's established, they've done it. And like, mm-hmm. why are you better than them? Because mm-hmm. they've done it and they've made it there. And that's just kind of the entitlement for them. Whether they're raised that way or whatever it be. And they just they just think like, I'm better than this. I should already be up there. And, yeah. and the thing is, but but you shouldn't be. You're not performing well. You're not doing things daily that you should be to get to that point. Yep. You're just kind of thinking, oh, I was drafted high. I got a lot of money. I'm going to make it there. That's not the case. Exactly. So entitlement, you yeah. feel like, is like I the, think that's one of the biggest things that, that's, that yeah. gets players stuck where they're at absolutely no that that makes perfect sense so one thing i've been super curious about when you get to that level because i've talked to a few people that that have played professional they're professional athletes in in different sports like when you get to that level i think one of the things that is just mind-boggling to me i mean i'm curious on your answer how do you not go crack under the pressure how do you deal with the pressure because the pressure is there right when you're yeah. yeah when you're not throwing how you know you should be and you're like holy crap like this is like six years of my life sacrificed right here. Like if I don't go get my shit together, this is all for what? Like, how do you deal with the pressure? And then even more acutely, like in the moment, you're like, okay, full count, very important at bat. Like I I gotta do, do, I gotta do what I gotta do right here. I can't slip up. Like, how do you deal (sighs) with that? And like, I like how you mentioned that the pressure, the pressure is there because there's some people like, Oh, I don't feel nervous every time before my starts and everything. I feel nervous, man. I I get the little light stomach. I feel, I feel nervous. And I think that's important because that means it means something to me. You know, it's it's important to me and those nerves are okay to feel Mm -hmm. because it does mean a lot to me. And I, I want to do well. I want to keep performing, keep, you know, progressing. But one way to kind of deal with it is just really trust everything I've done. Like you said, it's, it's been years in the making to get to here. I, I put a lot of work in during the week before my starts. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I've spent years doing this and trust it. At that point, I find my worst, my worst outing, my worst performances are when I'm, I'm trying to either do too much or try to think while I'm out there. Best thing for me, I just got to be out there competing. The only thing I got to be doing is executing a pitch that's called and getting this batter out. When it comes down to pure competition, yeah. that's when my, you know, my instincts and training just takes over. Yeah, like you just so have you ever read uh, Relentless by Tim Grover? I have not. No. Gold. So he, he I mean he worked hand in hand with Michael Jordan, Kobe, mm-hmm. like everyone. He says they know how to go click in and just let their 
instinct take over and not mm. think like turn your brain off yeah and i think really that's is. that's key in any any high performance situation like if you can turn your brain off and just trust like you said all of the work that you put in behind the scenes yeah just trust that that's when you go perform at your highest because then there's nothing that's going to go get in the way but you've done that you, you've thrown that pitch five thousand yeah, times exactly no that's so true right and the only thing that's going to mess that up is overthinking whatever there is to overthink in a pitch to go and yeah. mess it up right yeah, there's so much and like breaking down your mechanics okay i gotta step my foot here my arms gotta be here it's like, like why am i <laughs> micromanaging myself man i've done this Just yeah trust yourself out there and yeah. do it yeah. dude that's so cool and that goes along with the theme too which i think is like a very very important thing for people to realize especially looking because a lot of people look from the outside in and this is part of why I like doing this so much. I enjoy it so much for myself. If people get stuff out of it, great. But I enjoy it for myself. People from the outside outside looking in, they're like, holy crap, like he's done it. Like he's just blessed. Like how many people do you think just think that, oh, he was just, he's just talented, right? But the truth, like the matter of the fact is like, no, like heroes are made in the shadows, mm-hmm. right? Oh, the, yeah. the amount of time you put into that is insurmountable, right? And and it's, it's just so crazy. Like I, I love that. So... Yeah. Um, and that's important to learn. So I'm curious too, like, where did you go and learn? Because for me, I didn't learn until a little bit later in my career, like, holy crap, there really is these people that are up on the pedestal went above and beyond for a long oh, yeah. time. Like, that's not just like, they're good. That's a bunch of little tiny, tiny things over the course of years put all together to make that beautiful, yeah. like really though. And I think with athletes, professional athletes, a lot of people see that like, oh man, they're physically blessed. I remember in, in high school, it was like, a uh, financial aid class I was in they had a guest speaker come in a good businessman I, I can't remember what he what his name was what he was doing but he was speaking to our class and he just threw an example out there he's like yeah you could be doing like my field whatever or it's like these professional athletes this guy you can be making millions by throwing a baseball you know they're just so lucky and I just was sitting there like are you kidding me man like, yeah you think it's just it's like blessed some people are physically gifted but even to get to the point where you know people are at in the major league level you got to put so much time and so much work in yeah you can't get i mean no one's just gonna wake up and, and get there you know and exactly and that, that was just i remember a moment that really like just pissed me off like people are just gonna think this has been given to you and yeah it's been given to you because obviously the career's huge high paying like the spotlights on you it's like Mm -hmm. oh they have the life they're living it up but man you're right it's just like you see the people that are above you they've they have done it they have done everything whether it be showing up to the field earlier getting out to you know stretching warm-ups earlier than others doing things on your own to put yourself above the pack because such a hard thing with uh you know major league baseball there's so many levels and guys like they're your teammates, but you're competing against that guy next to you. Exactly. You want the spot. The spots are limited. So it's like, what can I do to separate myself from him? What did the guy above me do to get there? Why I'm not there? And yep. you just take notes. And that's one of the biggest things. Be humble in what you're doing. Yep. See these guys. It's cool to be around because, you know, we're at spring training around these big leagues. You have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. These guys you see like, man, we're not far, but what are they doing in in you know to create that separation they're they're definitely like talented and they, they've done it and so it's just yeah. like finding those things learning from those people and doing it and actually doing it so two yeah two things you just said that i, I really want to touch on not, uh, and i'll dive into this in a little bit but just mm-hmm. proximity is power is something that's kind of stuck with me from a tony robbins event just like that meaning the people you're around 100% not only influence but they literally go and kind of create who you're going to yeah. be like, and everyone's heard that quote they get sick of hearing it um, and then the second one, which I want to touch on first, and I've mentioned this in a lot of different episodes, My one of my biggest pet peeves 
like biggest frustrations is when someone will go and discredit someone else's success in any walk. Mm -hmm. Like if someone is finding success, there's so much they've done that you have not seen. That's it is not your place to go discredit. And the, the thing that's frustrating about it to me is like, the reason that makes me so angry isn't because that person's ever going to find out. Like that picture that someone's talking crap on, like, oh, mm-hmm. he, he's just blessed. He's never going to find out. It doesn't affect him. No. But that mindset of that person of like, oh, he's blessed. That's why he's there. That's how you go find people that never go anywhere. Exactly. Because there's always a reason mm-hmm. why someone else got it. There's always a reason why someone else is finding the success that you would want and whatever success is to you, right? And it's one of the most frustrating things ever. Have you seen a lot of that? Yeah, and I think that's where the hard part is. It's kind of just like that human nature to not necessarily put people down, but give excuses why you're not up there with them, you know, where it's like, Oh, he had this happen, this fall in line. Like he got lucky doing this. And it's like, no, how about you look at it from my standpoint? Exactly. Why, If if someone in my shoes, while you were out partying, hanging out, doing stuff, I was working and I was doing this. And this is something I had in mind. We weren't even thinking about this. And that's what the hard part is. Like it, it does happen. And you can't let it get to you. It's like, you know why you're here. You know why you're doing these things and for the people, the reasons. And that's why it's like surround yourself with those people and yep. they'll back you. Exactly. Exactly. And on the word luck, like luck is luck's a funny thing. Like one thing I've realized very, very plain and simple, clear as day, you create your own luck. Everyone who's lucky, they create their own luck. Yeah, like yeah. they had the same opportunity as 50 other people. They just yeah. took advantage of it a little bit differently. Exactly. Right. And so. Like, in, in like in you know in my field in, in professional baseball like sometimes you do have to get lucky and things have to go and it might it might suck saying it but say oh someone got hurt and and but the thing is you're right there's 50 other guys that want to step up in that spot exactly but I'm not lucky that I'm the one selected if I, if I go up right well not even that you're not lucky even being one of those 50 yeah, one of yeah, those 50 exactly. dudes you just spent exactly. 15 years being able to be in one of those 50 spots mm-hmm. to potentially get swapped up if someone yeah, gets hurt yeah exactly and it's like I'm doing those things now and how am I separating from those guys around me and it's yeah. like it's not lucky yep. and I think a lot of guys around and around you realize that it's like we gotta realize it's not the luck it's like what am I doing as a separator performance wise to be called up to yep. fill that spot when my time is called yep so and then so rolling on to the second thing that's absolutely like I, I love that and I love sitting down with people who are crushing because they all like again you see things very similarly like it's just extreme ownership like it's on you right I love that so and then rolling on to kind of the next thing which is one of my favorite like one-liners philosophies like things that I've really gone and like seen shape my life is just proximity is power yeah so earlier you mentioned you're you're at these camps with these really big names these people which probably when you're up with these people makes you kind of uncomfortable because of how good they are Mm -hmm. like for me at least when i go and i get in a room i love being in a room where i am the least qualified (laughs) i love it i saw a thing the other day where i was like if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room a hundred percent i i just i was pondering on that for a little bit and it's like be around people who are better than you and you'll elevate yourself. Yeah, but the thing is, and and this is what I've seen, is a lot of people, it's really uncomfortable mm-hmm. to be in a room with people better than you. Yeah, It's super uncomfortable. It's very comfortable to be in a room where you're either the best or the average. Oh, yeah. Like if you're in a room with your homies and you're all just freaking flat line plateau, like <laughs> yeah. it's super, it's chill. Yeah, you love it. It's, it's cool. Easy. You never go anywhere, oh, yeah. but it's cool, mm-hmm. right? But it's really hard to go and put yourself. And I think one thing, probably one of your superpowers is you've gone and you've just kind of like at the hip. Anytime you find somebody who's better than you, I'm assuming you go and you attach yourself and you learn everything you can. When you're just telling me a story about when you were playing out in Oregon and saw Jeremy Guthrie. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But fill me in on that. Like, when did you kind of realize that or what what importance has that played in your process of everything? Being around people that yeah. are just um, 
that's uh, that uh, that took me a little bit to learn right i wanted to be the best i wanted to be that big guy in the room i wanted to be the best at what i was doing whether it be a state level and everything i think getting exposure you know especially going out to the state like i mentioned i went to you know stanford baseball camps and that's like wow i got thrown into an uncomfortable situation yeah i wasn't the best anymore and i wasn't you know comfortable in that situation around a lot of new and so it was just it was just cool to to see like I have a lot to do and I have a lot more to, you know, get on these levels. But oh, yeah. It's like, I mean, there's so many times, whether it be, you know, a major league guy uh, on a rehab assignment starting where I was at a double A and just being like having kind of the balls to go up and talk to them yeah. because they've been in my situation. Being yeah. able to, like you said, attached, attached to their hip and really just understand what they did to separate themselves. And that's gone so far for me. When I get around those people, there's two things that happen. The first thing that happened, well, there's probably three things that happen. The first thing that happens, I get sick to my stomach and I'm like nervous and I'm like, holy shit, I, sh- I shouldn't even be allowed to be like asking this guy questions. Yeah. Right. And then you get over that and you're like, okay, I'm just going to do it. Right. Like you said, you finally have the balls to go talk to him. Yeah. Then the next thing is inspiration. Like, holy crap, look what you've done. Like, look how, like recognizing where they're at is mm-hmm. super inspiring. Yeah. And then for me, the third thing, and I think one of the things that's gotten me, gotten me kind of where I've gotten to is like I get really competitive at that point mm-hmm. once I go and I level with like once I go and I meet someone that I put on this pedestal and I was like dude he's just a dude yeah, like he's, it's a guy, he's just a guy bro <laughs> I'm like then I get then I get like this like again that chip on my shoulder that competitive like if he can do it I can do it yeah. right yeah. and and I think a really important thing to realize when going into those situations to avoid because you, you mentioned it a little bit earlier staying humble being mm-hmm. being humble through everything it's you're as good as anybody, but better than nobody. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of people go and and take half of that. They say you're as good as anybody and better than a lot of people. Right. And and those people, I feel like they fizzle out quicker. They learn like the hard way, but yeah, I I love that. Like, again, you have the balls to go talk to them. You get competitive and then just keeping that in mind. And I think you've probably carried that all the way through your years of baseball. You're as good as anybody, but better than nobody. Cause again, in playing with you. And this is kind of one thing I want to touch on that's super important to me and probably doesn't get talked a lot about when people are talking. Well, I assume when people are talking about you does, but you literally have always been the nicest, like not even nicest, but you treat people well, regardless. And I was on your team. I was not good, right? I was not good at all, but you never, ever made me feel like I was not good, right? Or feel like you were way better than me. And I think that's super important. Where did you learn that? That, that is more important than probably anything else we've talked about, to be honest. Like, where did you learn that? Just early on from my parents, man. I learned life is hard, and a lot of people aren't as fortunate as, you know, I I am and, and had opportunities I have, and there's no reason to make someone's life harder. You know, it's like, honestly, I wasn't ever around bowling, like bowling too much. I never was involved in that. I didn't see it happening, which is awesome because you hear about it today, and, man, people are ending their lives over stuff like that, and that's just sad. Life yeah. is so hard. And to be someone to intentionally making it harder on someone else does you no good. Like you said, you can lift people up, make people around you better. And that's just something I learned early on in my life. And dude, that's, I mean, that's more important than the money. That's more important than professional, but like, that's, that's so cool. And then, I mean, dude, I could talk all day long at the, the clock always runs way faster than, than I feel like it does, but I, I like to wrap up the episode. So, so the podcast names today's the day, yeah. right? Um, that's obviously been like a mantra that I've, I've rocked with for forever for who knows how long, but really going and kind of tying it all, all in. It's like, today's the day is, is very simply, it's just a way of looking at things. It's like, dude, this is all you've got, right? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you have no idea if tomorrow's coming. You have no idea anything, whether it's this baseball game or this class or this test or whatever it is. 
today's the day. Like this is all you got. Right. And the reason we, we, I wanted to bring you on and the reason I bring anyone on who comes and speaks is like, whether you've realized that or not, you've absolutely gone and embodied that through your entire baseball career, through your entire, um, educational career, everything, right? Like yeah. you, you have gone and embodied today's the day. So is there anything speaking on that? Just that perspective of today's the day that's like, oh yeah, I, I recognize that early. I yeah. understood that. Like anything that you'd speak on. No, that. Yeah, I, I think just like I mentioned earlier, we can't get too far like down the road at the big picture. We got to keep that big picture and that goal in mind. But like, I think that's the easiest way to do it. Today is the day. And how am I going to win this day to get me closer to my goal? It's, it's just like a, I'm in that cycle and it's never ending. I'm playing. And when I'm done playing, I'm getting ready for the next spring training and next season. And it's like, today is the day. How am I going to get better? I got to get better to get where I want to be. So how am I going to do that? Mm -hmm. No, I love that. I love that. Pax, dude, it's been, it's been a freaking blast. I love it. Is there any, any last, like anything else you'd like to go and say, you feel like people need to hear uh, leaving. Yeah, I yeah. know. I mean, I think we've touched it, man, but I think that like the, what we kind of ended on just, you know, be a good person, be surrounding people, have those people around you, bring them up. And I think that's one of the biggest things we can take away. I appreciate being on here though. Yeah. I think that's the key, man. I freaking love it. Um, thank you for coming on. Thank you for tuning in everybody. Much love. Thank you. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.